Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and today I have a very, very, very special episode in store for you in that it's the two-year anniversary of the podcast, um, which is just even thinking about it at the moment is kind of blowing my mind. Um, I do this podcast entirely by myself, so to think that people are still listening to it and supporting it two years on after the episode of By Curious really does mean the world to me. I love making these episodes. I love chatting with people. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, to celebrate such a special milestone for the podcast, I have a very special guest, which is Dan Hoff of the band Gurriers, who are a band that I absolutely adore. You might be able to hear it in my voice now and during the episode, but I was very giddy at even the thought of having them on. I love this band. Ever since I saw them at All Together Now, they've been consistently blowing my mind. And Gurriers have just re-released their single Approachable, which also has a music video that you can now watch on YouTube as well. So I'll be chatting to Dan about the band, this approachable and what the band are up to and what they're getting up to in the future amongst a whole host of other things as well. Um, but yeah, again, I'll stop rambling now. I just want to say thank you for the two years. Dan was an amazing guest. Very, very interesting. Such a lovely lad to chat to as well. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. Okay, uh, we're here with another new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm joined by Dan of Gurriers. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. I think we've been trying to get this episode going since thank you so much for having me. Since all together now. <laughs> I don't think I've been more determined to get somebody on on the podcast before ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was that was a long time ago. Now I actually remember listening to the podcast. Uh, a week after I think all together now and hearing you guys talk about the gig I'm being very very humbled to hear um, people enjoying the gig I it was funny because it was one of those gigs I'm kind of I I put it down to maybe uh, what would be the word I'm trying to think uh, just stubbornness but I have this thing where if somebody tells me that I'm going to enjoy a band I'll actively just be like I don't like being told that I'm going to like that but literally that night we were like people were just like Barris seriously the Gurriers you're going to have to see you're going to have to see Gurriers and I was just like cool I'll go and within I'd say about as soon as the first riff I was like I love this this is fantastic I've been singing your guys praises for since that so um yeah, no, fantastic to have you on. Thanks, man. So I, I guess like the first question I have, which you've probably been asked before, but like what was kind of your first foray into music? Like what kind of led you down the path of, you know, musician? Well, that's the first time someone's asked me that question. So is it? Fair play. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah. It's always nice. just been where's the band name come from um, first. Yeah, no, for me, I, like I don't play any instruments. I'm, I'm a terrible bastard for that um <laughs> i just sing and write the lyrics i just i didn't know what i wanted to do when i was a kid i never knew what i wanted to be when i grew up or anything and then i just ended up listening to music when i was like a little bit later than usual to other people like 13 12 or 13 i started listening to like oasis and stuff that my my uncle would have um would have listened to Nirvana, a little bit of the Smiths here and there, and just was blown away just how you can just not just listen to music, but learn everything I could possibly do to learn about the, the musician, you know? Mm. Like it was just, it wasn't just listening, it was, it was, it, 
it was obsession. Like yeah, if yeah. I got into like say the Beatles, like my mom knew what to get me for Christmas that year. If you know what I mean, so, like <laughs> yeah, just no, everything yeah. Beatles. It was full on, wasn't it? You know, it? it was that kind of thing. It was like it was just full on. You know, like it was obsession, and it's it. It happens to this day. Like my obsession today is like you too. Don't know why, but it's you too. And I'm getting a lot of slaggings from the lads in the band. But you know what? Fuck them. Oh, you two um, are great. I was raised on you two. I fucking I think you two are a fantastic band. I was so definitely was I, so definitely their early their early back catalog for sure. Like Joshua Tree, you can't really go wrong with that album. Oh, it's yeah. a pretty much it's perfect amazing. album. But uh, yeah, no, I I think I'd be the similar because I wasn't so I when I started getting into music. Uh, it was when I was about 14, but I went hell for leather as soon as I got into it. Now, unfortunately, the first band I was loved was Papa Roach, who wouldn't exactly be top of my list anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it went really, yeah, yeah. really hell for Same it. Same with me. So, and how, so when did the Bro, songwriting come into effect then? When did you start actually, you know, creating music rather than just being like listening to it? I remember years ago, I had a friend, like, because, you know, you'd obviously make friends in school and they'd have the same kind of, you know, feelings of you about music and there and then you're like oh wait a minute you play a guitar hmm. you know like that's that's cool why don't we you know maybe try and do something and then i had a friend nathan who i lived on the streets with and uh, not on the street like yeah you just bunch of lads <laughs> on the streets back then uh, just just on my street like and like just he used to have like a shed out the back garden and play and play music together just because we wanted to and do like it was oasis covers like talk tonight and and Dixie's diner like really simple songs mm. and I just had a love for it you know and I was just trying to find the next person who would play the guitar for me instead of me actually being a, a smart boy and learning guitar myself <laughs> but no I didn't want to do that I um got someone else to do it for me you know uh, as the as it goes but yeah no it just became a thing then one day where I wanted to start a band and it was me and a friend, Rob Donnelly, started a band. And then Emmett, who's in Gurriers to this day, mm. never spoke to him my whole life. Saw him in, in school, in my class, for the first time in my class, I think it was fourth year. And I just turned around to him and I said, you play bass, don't you, Emmett? And he was like, yeah. It's going to be in a band. Yeah. That was it. Is and that like, actually, that's is that actually that's how you got him in? That's, that's literally how we became friends. Jesus. The first thing I ever said to him, I was like, you play, in a, you play bass, don't you? And he's like, yeah, good. You're in my band. You're also my best mate for nearly 15 years. Jesus. Uh, show me age. But, um, you know, like it's just that. And it's just kind of being like just a love, an obsession over music just made me want to try it myself. And that's just been, been it. I've been in bands since I'm 15 and, Gurriers is now a band that's just a bit more of a doesn't it was never it never felt like a hobby it always felt like something to to work towards but this feels a lot more than a hobby it feels a lot more you know concise and mm. what we want to do and because how did the band come about? I think because it must have been weird to start a band in the middle of lockdown and not being able to do shows like how did it, how did it all kind of formulate into the into what it is now? Well, me and Mark are like terrible at trying for years planning ideas that never come to fruition and I used to be in a band for a couple of years and the band stopped and then I just said to Mark let's do this let's do this music let's do the band 
and he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go and do it. And we started just, we started just before the pandemic. We started in, I think in like January, 2020. And we wrote our first ever practice was approachable. It was written, was that one ever. Mm. And that was before even we had like, we had different members in the band there. We had two extra people then as well. Shout out to Ali and uh, Jack. You know, two extra people. So what was it? Was it, was it a seven piece? No, it was, uh, it was just, it would have been a six piece then. Uh, okay. It was two extra people then as well. But, but um, yeah, it was back then. Because hmm. there's me, Pierce, Emmett, Ben. And Mark. And Mark. Yeah. And then there would have been, Emmett wasn't there then. Oh, right. So there okay. Sorry, been, yeah. Yeah, so uh, there wasn't. And so, uh, what do you remember what the first show, because that was the first thing that struck me when I saw you guys live was just how fucking great you are and how like completely it embodies the whole room kind of thing. So like it must, how, how did you get that energy straight away when you were playing? Like, was it, was it a natural progression there or were you just like, fuck it, we've been rehearsing in some space and we're just going to go hell for leather every show? Um, I think we just kind of went, as you said, like hell for that. Like the thing for me for sure was, um, just honing on our honing in on our sound for as long as we possibly could. Like we mm. basically, it was the most, it's a bittersweet feeling to be in lockdown. Yes. You can't do any gigs and yes, you are, you know, stagnant at the moment because you can't, you, you can't move forward basically. But so is everyone else. And so mm. literally is everybody. So you can all kind of like work really hard and, you know, uh, get the sound you want to get and kind of work on things you might not have had time to work on before like yeah. how the gig's gonna go how you want to like pr- promote it and everything and you know your first ever gig is kind of just like oh come on down mates <laughs> our 30 yeah. mates that we have you know like kind of thing we had a bit more time to like push it a bit more and like we sold out it was a 300 cap gig and we sold it out it was Halloween night. It was the first gig and the first week of lockdowns being lifted, you know, was, all the boxes were ticked pretty well, you know, and it was pretty, pretty busy night and it was pretty chaotic. Like it was, <laughs> everybody was drunk and going mad and going for it. But the energy that we have is interesting because me and Emmett would have been in a band where we used to have that like kind of crowd and that kind of like energy when we played, but I didn't have it with the other three lads, you know, mm. I've only had it in the room. And when we're in the room, we're completely spread out. We're all in different parts of the room. So it feels, it does, the connection is never there. So I remember when we first played the gig, it was like, oh, you fuck, you know, you feel it now. You know, you really fit, you really feel that we're all here. We're all connected in that, in, in time and everything. So it was good. And it's just been getting better ever, ever since. Like the lads are phenomenal musicians. I can't, I can't say they're not. I wouldn't be in a band with them if they were. If they were. Yeah, yeah. But, um, they're uh, they're great lads and shout out to them. But like, I'm also very happy and privileged to be working with those lads because I've known them for so long. They're, you know, they're really good friends of mine. I've lived with them. I've worked with them. Wanted to kill them. <laughs> um, you know, but um, there is there is that. But yeah, no, it's been it's it's a lot of fun. Just playing with your friends is a lot of fun, and it, it hasn't hasn't stopped being fun yet yeah yeah. yeah. emphasis so, on yeah delighted to hear no because you you know when you see you guys live um 
But uh, like, so approachable now. That's so that's re-released. I was just wondering. You touched on it there. That was the first thing you ever yeah. wrote. I was just wondering what was the mindset going into writing it originally, and then obviously why why was it now re-released as well? Also, Anthony Fantano gave it a shout out, which the, the was fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, uh, Zach. Zach sent uh, our friend, you know, obviously Zach you know Stevenson, Zach as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Zach Stevenson. Yeah, he sent he sent me a picture of Anthony Fantano and the and and the single of Approachable, and I was like, this better not be a prank, man. Yeah, because I thought it was a Photoshop. And he was when like, you no, it's serious. Yeah, <laughs> but you had it. I was like, I was like, is yeah. it a Photoshop? I was, I was so like, shocked. No, it's fucking real. <laughs> it's amazing to see. I've been watching Fantano yeah. for years, like so. It's cool to see him actually just giving some Irish. Yeah, same. Standards. Like I've been watching. I've been watching since I was a teenager, like, and it was a, it was a surreal experience. I also liked it as well. <laughs> yeah, no, he could have. Even if he said it was one of the worst tracks, he'd be like, "That's yeah, good enough for me," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I think for for the for me personally, I can speak for lyrics. Is like the song is it comes from it comes from like a fear of the far right. And the rise of like that kind of vitriol and rhetoric that has everybody has been seeing on on social media and and not even on social media, but literally on our streets at the recently with you know the the yeah, protests in Verdun Commons, you know, yeah, against the refugees. Um, a lot of that. Um, but uh, it it <laughs> funny enough, it did stem from the very start of. Uh, you know, I was born in the wrong era kind of comments on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know, where someone is like, this music is so good, man. I wish I was born in 1950 so I could hear the 1960s. So I just kind of flipped it and was like, you know, I was born in the wrong era. You know, mm. these people wish they were born in 1930s Germany, maybe. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It is scary so to see. Cause that's like what the song was. Yeah. So sorry, if, I know just this doom delay, but it is. It's funny, like no. it's not funny, but when it came, when the song came, out, I was like, Jesus, this song couldn't have been released at a better time at the moment because I would like to think that Ireland would be. I would have always thought Ireland is quite a welcoming place. We didn't really have a far right culture at all, and now you see people in like even on like Reddit, which I know is not the epicenter of the world, but people posting like, lads, what the fuck is going? Like people from England going, what the fuck is going on over in your country at the moment? I was like, I don't know. It's really weird. And how how quickly yeah. it fucking got to the level that it's getting already, but um yeah so sorry you were sorry, yeah whoa. no it's fine it, it, it's it is it's 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 upsetting and like um as well like I'm when I'm staying over here with my girlfriends it's only up the road you know it's mm. when when some of it is happening and you, and you can see it live streaming on on TikTok and stuff it's like that's nearly only ten minutes down the road you know it's it's so close to where where you are when it's happening and, and, and you feel it as well because of that like impact and i don't want to be a band to like do a you know jello briafra and every single song where you say nazi punks fuck off or whatever yeah, it's just yeah. this is just an anger that we're feeling and we want to we want to outwardly put it out there you know and so that's, that's literally what it is and so why was the why did you re-release it actually well, we, we, the reason why we re-released it is because we recorded these ourselves, Approachable and Top of the Bill and Boy, mm. um, beforehand. We did them all together. Well, no, we did, we did Approachable and uh, Top of the Bill and Boy a couple of months later. We recorded them ourselves with the, the tools that we had, you know, basically. <laughs> we only had a couple of tools. 
um, <laughs> and we could make it a sound as good as we could. And, you know, it's basically like, it's a demo in a way. So now if we get like a professional recording of it and release it, that's, you know, our first official debut release. And then we have something that we can work on towards the year with more releases and hopefully more recordings of the older songs that we did beforehand as well, you know, so get them out again. It's just something that we were like, these are good, but they could be better. You know what I mean? And why, why not give them the release they deserve? Yeah. Like the, produ- the production on the release at the moment, like it not uh, approachable and like all your, the other discography I always loved as well. But when I heard the re-release, I was like, holy shit, the, the level of fullness that this song has now is fucking, it's, it's a fantastic. I love the cover art as well. Who did the cover art? Uh, Marco Mira. Marco Mira. Okay. He, he does um, some, he does a lot of art for Bohemians football club. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, shout out to Mark as well. He's a good lad. He uh, he picked out a lot of cool pictures, and a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the pictures were like um, you know of of riots or or people you know rioting and stuff. But he had that other one as well, which was very like brutalist, archaic kind yeah, yeah, of yeah, that's the like banal photo. It had nothing. It didn't it didn't explain the song, and it didn't have to. You know, I don't want to put. I didn't want to put the you know, the song under one theme, you mm. know what I mean? I don't want people to look at the song and then the image is like of a riot from the 1970s of uh, socialists that mm. I would be on that side. I don't want to <laughs> use that image in the wrong way because the song is about the far right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very <laughs> you know good point I mean? actually. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's a very to just effect- have something that just doesn't explain it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very effective, Sorry, image, especially with this. I was just saying with the starkness of the red against it, with the black and white photo, it's a it's a pretty. You just see it and you go, oh, okay. There's something very immediate looking about it. I really I, I really liked it when I saw it. Um, so like, uh, is there anything down the line? Because we're going to get on to the section now where I ask you dumb questions that I'd ask you at a bar. Um, so is there anything down the line for Gurriers uh, soonish? You're playing some gigs soon, aren't you? Um, we're playing. Yeah, we're playing. Um, we're playing the Paddy's Day weekend. We're oh, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, on the 18th fantastic. with. Pillow Queens, hmm. that'll be a good crack. A lot of great bands playing with, with us as well. Sprints, Melts, Katie Kim, Pixie Cut Rhythm Orchestra, um, Girlfriend, who I'm a massive fan of. I really enjoy Girlfriend's music. Um, other ones there that I can't remember and I feel bad if I, <laughs> well, I'm not going to list them all off because that would be also a bit strange as well, wouldn't it? Um but uh, no, I'm looking forward to that. And then we we have 2000 Trees Festival as well. And well, this is going to probably won't be out for a week. So you can uh, next week. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow we're going to be announced. Yeah. So we're going to be announcing tomorrow our, our Dutch shows. We're going to be going to Holland for three, oh, three gigs. So that'll be good fun. We're going to Rotterdam. Uh, Amsterdam and Nyman is Nyman. I think I'm saying it the right way. Sorry, anybody who's from Holland. <laughs> well, we'll, t- we'll just edit the, the correct <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. I have a notion yeah. how it's Or maybe edit me out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's going to be really fun like, to to go back over there because people in Holland just just re- respond to us like crazy. Yeah. Like. I- 
I've been on a tour around Holland with the band and I was I was shocked at how energetic and how fucking class the crowds are. Not because, you know, you go, you go to, I go to Ireland and shows and shows in England and the crowd are like fucking very boisterous and you go abroad, you're just like, I wonder, is it the same kind of mentality? And in Holland was like, I was like, oh shit, this place is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of times they're like, I could live here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be- uh, beautiful cities as well. Um, so yeah, like the, uh, one, one question actually I did see the, one of the questions, the first question of the stuff that I was going to ask you if we were in a bar, as I say, um, I saw in an interview that you really liked the work of Francis Bacon, who I'm quite a fan of. I was just wondering what it is that you really like about his stuff. Um, what I like about Francis Bacon, uh, I just, I just love that he can make something so grotesque look so beautiful Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with, with imagery and like color and stuff. And I've always found this like kind of you know chaos that he does to be interesting and I always love it like for me as well I try and find influence in in um in art in different places so like I would say to Ben the guitarist sometimes I'd be like write it like a fucking play a guitar like a bacon painting (laughs) just chaotic fucking whatever you know what I mean or like make your guitar sound like the sirens in, in the lighthouse, you know, just weird. The film, the lighthouse, sorry. But it's like, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, no, bacon's great. And I got, I got obsessed with him there last year. And me and my girlfriend went to see the, the exhibition in, um, in, uh, Hugh Lane. Hugh Lane. And saw it, you know, the, the exhibit was like the replica of his, uh, room, his studio, his studio. Yeah, it looks really cool. I don't know. I just, I just like that. Like, you can look at like beauty, beautiful, pretty paintings that like other artists have done, of like a nice landscape and nice kind of like um, greenery or Monet or whatever. And then you look at Francis Bacon, and it's just fucking <laughs> something thrown at the wall or ripped and whatever. It's kind of like Bukowski, where Bukowski writes books, you know. Mm. No, I was just I wonder. Like Charles things, doesn't start a book with like that. Sorry, sorry. This fucking, no, you're grand. I was just saying one of the paintings that I always loved of Francis Bacon was. Did you ever see the one that he did of the Pope within the chair? He does. I can't remember which Pope I it did was. Indeed, yeah. But he claimed. What I always found hilarious because he, Francis Bacon's such an interesting character because he would claim stuff that was just not true at all, constantly. Just to I don't know if it was to make himself be more interesting or just to wind people up. But one of the things that he's claimed that he he said that he claimed that he never ever saw the other fo- other painting of the Pope, the one that his painting is clearly based off. He's like, oh, it just happened to look like that. So then when he passed away and they were searching his house, they, and like people were just like, there's no way that's true. And he he insisted on it for his entire life. And then when he passed away, they found in his house just diary entries and entries of of copies of that painting with him manipulating in whatever way. But he was just trying, I don't know if it was like, like a trolling thing or something. It's just, he was very strange. He also claimed that he could, he, he said, he said that he could never paint creatively when he wasn't hung over. He had to be somewhat hung over. And his sister said yeah. that that's not, that, that that's not really true either. <laughs> it's just a strange, I, yeah. I, I find him, I just find him brilliant. Like, um, and what they've done in the Hugh Lane, the recreation, like I've worked in some messy, like I, I was, I did a bit of painting myself and work as a designer. I've worked in some messy studios. I don't know how the hell anybody navigates that room <laughs> in a creative sense as well. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's cool. Fucking, um, I was going to say, uh, 
I was like, oh man, I was going to say something. I completely blanked. Was it the writer? It was. I was going to say, thinking about like bacon. It's like unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like Marky Smith's from The Fall. You'd read, like, if you read his autobiography and you're reading about all these things that he did on tour, and it's like, how you were white, white, white wasted. Like, you were completely blackout <laughs> drunk. Like, completely blackout drunk. How do you remember anything of this? Like, like, I don't yeah. believe anything that you say. So I say it's the same type of thing. He's probably just kind of like, you know, spoofing. I also can say whatever I want because all these people are going to believe me because they all follow me. And that's what I think Maggie Smith does as well. It's pretty, it is gas. Like it's with the touch on the autobiography thing. Like I remember there's two ones that I read. Norm MacDonald actively lies in his, which is, I always find hilarious. But Ozzy Osbourne's one that I read is like, he remembers everything. And there's like, how is this even possible that you remember everything? Your whole persona for about 20 years was how loose you got. But, uh, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's, uh, it's like Keith Richards book as well. Whose books are you? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your current go-to music? Out of curiosity at the moment. At the moment, uh, Forget about um, U2 at the moment. There has been a lot of U2. Ethanessa Francis would be big for me. Oh. Um, she released an album called Protector last year, and it was amazing. I went to see her in Wheelands. She's a really, really great musician, really nice person. Uh, yeah, the, her music's amazing. I love a band called, for, this is more for Irish bands for me anyway, Of All Living Things. They're really, really good. As I said, girlfriend earlier on, I've been listening to their their song Repent all the time. Most of the lads in the band have as well. They're great. Um band called Talk Show from England, they're very, very good. They released an EP there last year. It's, I do know I know them, yeah. They're great. They're a fantastic band. It, yeah, they're so good. They're like oh, I'm really into them. Um, but yeah, no, like just kind of like going back to my usual thing every year is I go back into Roxy music when it's January, February, I'll <laughs> listen to Roxy music a lot. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's just a change of the seasons. I just need to hear Brian Ferry croon <laughs> in my ear for a couple of hours. I, on a, if you gave me a million euro, I would not have been able to guess that that's who you were going to say. <laughs> They're a great band. Fantastic yeah. band. Just not, uh, not what I thought. <laughs> Oh no, man! My music taste just is as wide as I could try to make it. Like I listen to everything. Um, and if you could collab with anybody, who would it be? Um, if I could collab with anybody, who would it be? Um, I would love to do something with. You no, know, as a big, really big artist, I would love to do something like you know, just be on a Gorillaz record, just be on a Gorillaz record. <laughs> Just to be like, be oh yeah, I'm on that list of artists that have finally got there. Um, other artists, I, I'd actually love to collab with the lads in Enola Gay, even though they're our mates. I'd love to just do something with them because they're really good friends of ours as mm. well, but I'd love to just fucking scream on a record with the lads. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do something in, completely outside of my comfort zone. I'm talking to a guy, Mount Palomar, who's a techno producer, who was actually probably one of my, like, if you ask me, one of my favorite 
people to collaborate. I would love to collaborate with him. And we've just had a conversation about doing something. Oh, so I don't know how, I don't want to, I don't know how low key he wants to keep that at the moment. Um, so we might have to cut I'll that ask though, him. will we? <laughs> yeah, we might have to. But yeah, I really, really wanted to work with him. His, his, his music's sick. And he asked me there this week and I was like, yeah, fucking deadly. Um, but yeah, no, someone, someone be like, definitely, definitely gorillas. But I'd love to just, I, I would love to do a song with Nick Cave. Oh, just so I could hang out with him. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Nick Cave in the bad seats. Do you know, I saw Nick Cave for the first time at All Together Now. I'd never seen him before. I never really actually fucked with his music quite a bit, to be honest. Like, I, I, I would know more for his screenwriting credits than his music. And it always pisses Zach off to no end mm. that I don't listen mm. to him. But Jesus Christ, um, watching that show afterwards, I was like, that was just unbelievable. And he had me crying at the Zach turned around. He goes, Barry, are you all right? I was just like, oh. <laughs> and he just thought it was a fantastic show. <laughs> yeah. The lad in the big heavy metal hoodie and stuff bawling his eyes out. <laughs> it was the it was like a carbon copy of the version in um, uh, Primavera, of the gig in Primavera. Mm. Uh, like, it was amazing. I saw when I was with a couple of the lads and then they went off a bit further in. It'd be funny enough to hear that I don't like big crowds. Oh. If I'm at a gig, I stand back a bit, yeah. Well, I'm not I'm uh, not mad into the 10,000 people thing now. I, I always would love the intimate show, but I'm definitely... Even intimate shows sometimes, yeah. Definitely more into it. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't like moshing anymore as much, but that's because, I don't know about you, but like, I find when I go to, I used to go to hardcore shows all the time, and now every time I go, just there's a young lad trying to punch everybody, I'm just like, fuck off, leave me alone, so I'll just stay over to the oh, side. No, of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No, but yeah, it was the same thing, just, I was just standing there, I was in a, in a field with loads of other people, just tears streaming down my eyes, <laughs> just being like, yeah, this is this is it. This is exactly why I came to Barcelona to a sunny festival. Is to sit in a sit in a field and cry to Nick Cave. <laughs> there is just something um, immensely cool about him as well. But no, fantastic performer. Yeah. Um, a bit more of a serious question now is: I do ask this to most Irish artists that are on. Is if you could change one thing the in the Irish music scene, what would it be? I could change one thing in the Irish music scene. I would, I would love one thing. <clears throat> I don't know if I'd change. I would love to add something. I would love the Irish music scene to have like a hub, a place where everything was, you know, accessible. Like you know, like the um, what you call it, the Hacienda in, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Manchester, mm. something like where all artists can play in and it becomes like a weekly thing and it just becomes like a community based type of thing so what I, I would I would change our government's outlook on the creative industry yeah. uh, creative arts and people like I think it's just the talent is there the people are there everyone is very very nice and deserving of everything that comes to them mm. Why can't we help each other to do this? You know, I think there has to be a lot more camaraderie. camaraderie. Because the talent in fucking nice, Ireland nice. at the moment is insane. Like I've been saying it for years because like, I have a good few friends in England and then I've met some friends now from streaming on Twitch in Canada 
and occasionally I'll be recommending them bads and just like, what the fuck? These lads are awesome. I was like, yeah, been t- saying that to everybody for so long. <laughs> It'd be great to see kind of a more just getting everybody out there because there's, there, it is one of those things as well, like where there's so much great talent at all. You're kind of like, where is everybody at? Do you know what I mean? In that kind of sense. Yeah. But uh, no, it would be fantastic. Hacienda in yeah. Dublin would be amazing. <laughs> something, you know, like it's always been a thing where it's like, it just needs something where it's, because it's all, all the gigs are spread out in different venues mm. and you don't know where you want to see a band. Like, you could sometimes be like, I'm not going to go see them if they're playing in, in a certain venue or something. It's just because the venue doesn't suit you. It was like, if yeah. there was a venue that just suited everyone, you know? Uh, that's that's a pipe dream anyway. You can't just make that happen. Uh, be a very good pipe dream to, to make happen though. <laughs> I just don't think even where would you yeah. put it? Just put a bang centre in the city. Uh, what What was... Uh, what was the first and last albums you ever bought? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I know the first one. I don't know the last. I do know the last one. I think actually, the first one I ever bought. I went into Golden Discs in Dunleary and got all of the Killers records on CD. Oh, great! Great answer, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one I wish mine was that fecking good mine was Akon because, convicted <laughs> yeah like I'm pretty sure I got them and no doubt oh fantastic album as well and I can't pronounce you know it's Tack by um, Sigur Ross oh, didn't wow. know anything about Sigur Ross I just picked it I just picked it up as a you know might as well. a, a random just like oh this looks interesting it was one one euro or something at the time and I just picked it up um, but um, that was that my last record I bought I'm pretty sure not even I don't even think it was for me if I'm thinking about that one last record I bought myself I haven't bought records in ages. Spotify has destroyed that for me. Uh, I was a, soon when I got my first record player, I bought an obscene amount, and then just was just like, "This is expensive. I'm just gonna listen to it on Spotify." So it's very rare now that I'll pick myself. Yeah, I bought, same thing. I bought it's way too much. <laughs> I remember a friend came over and he goes, "Par, how long have you had that record player?" And I was like, "I don't know, about a year." He goes, "You've more records than I do, and I've had mine for about 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as I was the same. I bought way too much. I did collect CDs. I don't know. You probably can't see them there. I have about 800 CDs behind me on the railing and then about 200 records underneath. It's kind I of all I spend my money on. <laughs> There's some really dodgy That's ones That's cool, there. though. No, I, I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I would say Miss Anthropocene by Grimes is the last record that I got. Oh, I, I love bought. that album. Huge Grimes. Yeah, I don't know, know if you're, I don't know if you're aware. There's a video of me online that only has about, I think it's about 15 seconds long, but all I do is say, I love Grimes in it, and it has, yeah, 137,000 hits. <laughs> That's don't, fucking don't, unbelievable. It's so weird. And so many people comment on it going like, Grimes, if you see this, leave Elon Musk. It's like, she doesn't see this. She doesn't care about this. It's a really bizarre clip. Yeah, 15 seconds of me just going, oh my God, it's Grimes. I love Grimes. 137,000 hits. Don't understand YouTube at all. <laughs> 137,000 times Grimes has watched it. Watched it, yeah. <laughs> if, if that were true, that'd be amazing. But, 
Yeah, I remember because I wasn't I wasn't aware that it was trending for ages, and then just saw it one day. I was just like, "What the fuck? It has twenty thousand hits. What's going on?" <laughs> Internet is weird. Um, uh, yeah, it really is. Uh, what was your favorite album of twenty twenty two? Now I know you touched on it earlier when you were talking about uh, your pre- uh, what your go to music is at the moment. But did you have a favorite album twenty twenty two, or one that just springs to mind instantly? I think I read like I love Protector by Ethanessa Francis. Mm. A really, really good album. I love Robo Cobra's album as well. Um Robo Cobra Quartet. Obviously two Irish bands again, like it's just Irish music that's just kinda of like taking over at the moment for me. Yeah, I would I'd probably say Ethanessa Francis. I just constantly listen to it. And I'm I was just go, really nice. Music. What type of music yeah, is it? It was really nice music. It was just. Did you ever listen to Cat Lebon? No. Or um, that kind of like uh, Aldous Harding. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's probably just absolutely lovely. Yeah. To to. So. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. It's really nice. It's really, really just kind of melodic. Beautiful rhythms and stuff. I'm trying to find out now as well if there's anything else, but I don't think so. Like I, I listened to a lot. I listened to a lot of music last year that was just kind of like older music, not 2022. Mm. A lot of EPs and stuff. I love Talk Show's record as well. That was great. Um, was yeah, Just Muster's record was Fuck. unbelievable as well. I saw, seeing that album performed live. I think I saw it in the Academy. I was like, this is fucking insanely good <laughs> really 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 good yeah um just every performance on it was just fantastic i love that album i think like irish music so like i've been doing this podcast now for two years and we do a best of best of albums thing at the end of every every other year with zach and nine is a ten you have like one or two irish albums in it maybe this year i was just like fuck there's low there's so mm-hmm. much albums that came out i don't know do you ever listen to unyielding love they're banned from belfast they're a grindcore band would you listen to you wouldn't be a grind fan never heard them though Unyielding Love very very good and then Gone, Al- Gone Alone were the other one that was just like this, this album's fucking incredible oh yeah, yeah. I've heard of them oh, they've been fantastic coming up around a lot yeah they're from Cork I think but I like, Alone, they've been yeah. going for a while now I remember I remember hearing their first album it was like this album's fucking sick and then saw on Facebook that they were like we're going to take a break because we have to study for our leaving cert and I thought they were taking the piss because I had no idea what they looked like and it turns out yeah they released this album when they were like 16, 17 and it was more experimental than Holy most shit. metal bands I listened to they're very very good would highly recommend that it's called Etc I think ETC very very good album cool have a listen cool and uh, so we're coming up near to the end I only have two more questions for you uh, most underrated artist in your opinion Oh, for me. Arthur Russell. Arthur Russell? Would be one for me. I don't know that name now, to be honest. He's an artist from from America from the 70s and would have went on until like the mid-90s, I think. His first record is like kind of like folk music and kind of country. And then he comes and brings out another two records I think and then he passed away unfortunately mm. but he was experimental in a way that like he re- he wrote music that was with a, a lot of music was with a cello okay and it was like cello and like kind of like disco and funky beats oh, wow. over okay. some of his songs <laughs> and he basically used to 
produced a lot of the 12 inches, 12 inch funky disco tunes in the seventies and stuff. He used to produce a lot of them on the, on the side. Like if you listen to Arthur Russell now, you go, Oh yeah, this is Elsky's sound system. Oh, you know wow. What I mean? oh wow. Okay. You know, like they're he, like Arthur Russell is amazing. Like for, for underrated artists for me anyway, I think mm. he's definitely top for me. Shout for sure. Um, and then Arthur Russell, okay, I'll be definitely giving that shout out. And then the final question, we end every podcast with this question is, uh, what do you love most about what you do? I love, I've only thought about this recently as well. And it's only in the past year, um, because we get to go very, very luckily get to go to England and have been in like other parts of Europe and stuff and play gigs and get to hang out with really cool people. You know, you get to meet people who are in also in bands also in yes, also in bands, but in different countries and, you know, doing the exact same thing as trying to like, hopefully make a career out of it and just making, you know, making a really interesting conversations and interesting nights <laughs> where a lot of drinking is involved <laughs> But it's just it's a nice it's a nice feeling to just kind of like get to know people and and, and have have the have the crack mm. you know. But as, as at the same time, be as professional as we possibly can and blow out everybody's ears apart when we're playing <laughs> live, and then be like, "What do you think of the gig, man? It's a good." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I know. Uh, I, know ex- I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. oh. So it's just kind of like. <laughs> that it's just been it's been it's been amazing it's so i just i'm just i'm looking forward to that again like and i feel like i have that in my in my in my head now for next time we go out on tour now is mm. a is more of an idea of like what i'm looking forward to like the parts of tour where you're, they forget to tell you about you know you're in the car for fucking ages four yeah. hours just <laughs> idly waiting to get to the next place and just like on see i can't, can't read a book can't watch a film yeah <laughs> can't do anything because you're excited <laughs> see I, I i was fortunate enough to go on i've been on one tour as a photographer and that's one of the parts that i was just like jesus christ we had to do 14 hours in a, in a very small van with six lads um <laughs> but when it's but the, the parts when it's good are just jesus they're some of the best some of the best memories i've ever had like was when it was when it was good like <laughs> but yeah. the van is the van yeah, sucks it's crack. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot it of fun. Sucks. Um, all right. Well, so man, thank you so much for coming on. Just uh, if you want to, just if if you want to, just no shout problem. out anything before you before we before we say goodbye. Well, just shout out to the lads in the band, definitely, um, and shout out to the Irish music scene, especially a, a lot of bands that I would, as I said, girlfriend. There is an Ola Gay Yard. Um, of all living things, search results are class. Loads of great bands, and it's just it's great to be part of it. Really, really, really happy to be part of it. Well, man, like I sincerely thank you for coming on. As I've said, as we said at the beginning, it's been a while trying to get you on. But I like as as you probably are aware, I'm genuinely a huge fan, and I really, really do appreciate you coming on and having the chats with me. Oh, and cheers, man. Thanks. Can't wait to see you play next time as well. Cheers, man. It means right. a lot.
So that is the end of our episode for this week. I just want to give a thank you again to Dan and Guriers for being the guests for this week. It was amazing having them on, especially for a milestone episode like this. Uh, obviously, listen to Approachable, which is out now, as well as the watch, give the music video a watch. And make sure to catch Guriers live at the St. Patrick's Day Festival for Pillow Queens and Friends, which is on the 18th of March, which should be absolutely fantastic. Sorry, I know it's going to be fantastic. Um, I will for sure be there. And I guess uh, if you enjoyed that episode and want to hear more just like it, please give the podcast a follow. As I said at the beginning of the show, I make this entire thing all by myself so any bit of help and support I'd really greatly appreciate it and I guess the last thing to say is thank you so much for the past two years hopefully here's to two more and uh, I guess have a lovely weekend and I'll see you again next week for a new episode bye bye